okay. Like I said, we're gonna be spending some time this month looking at freedom, and we spent the past two weeks looking at it, and we're gonna continue with that look. Starting with Galatians chapter three, we're gonna be starting with verse 26. Before we read though, I want you guys to answer me a couple questions. scripture. We're starting in Galatians chapter 3. I'm going to start with verse 25. I'm reading from the message paraphrase. You can follow along in whatever translation you have. But now you have arrived at your destination. By faith in Christ, you are in a direct relationship with God. Your baptism in Christ was not just washing you up for a fresh start. It also involved dressing you in an adult faith wardrobe. Christ's life, the fulfillment of God's original promise. In Christ's family, there can be no division. Jew or non-Jew, slave and free, male and female, among us, you are all equal. That is, we are all in a common relationship with Jesus Christ. Also, since you are all Christ's family, then you are all Abraham's famous descendants. Heirs according to the covenant promises. Flipping over to chapter 4, starting with verse 1, and it says, Now let me show you the implications of this. As long as the heir is a minor, he has no advantage over the slave. Though legally he owns the entire inheritance, he is subject to tutors and administrators until whatever date the father has set for emancipation. That is the way it is with us. When we were minors, we were just like slaves, ordered around by simple instructions, the tutors and the administrators of this world, with no say in the conduct of our own lives. We were felt like that sometimes. Minors passed around by people in control of us. But when the time arrived that was set by God the Father, God sent his son, born among us of a woman, born under the conditions of the law, so that he might redeem those of us who have been kidnapped by the law. Thus we have been set free to experience our rightful heritage. You can tell for sure that you are now fully adopted as his own children because God sent the spirit of his son into our lives, crying out, Papa, Father, Father. 
make it plain that you are not a slave, but a child. And if you are a child, you are also an heir with complete access to the inheritance.
He offers his followers, his children, including the indwelling of the Spirit. That's right. We have the very Spirit of God residing within us when we love We can live for God because we have God to lead us from within us. We have the power of God in our lives to help us be victorious, overcomers of whatever life tries to throw at us. We may have the ability as children of God to be overcomers of sin, but the world around us is still fighting that battle. The truth of it is, all that we need to overcome it, all that we need to live a life blessed life, a life as God has intended for us, a good life, is already within us. We have everything we need because we have God. We have God in us. We are the heirs of blessings. We have an inheritance from our Heavenly Father waiting on us. Now, When a family member passes away, sometimes you get what's called an inheritance, right? Sometimes it's money, sometimes it's a little trinket. But normally, you get something to help you remember the loved one who's passed on, right? An inheritance. We are heirs to an inheritance. The inheritance that's reserved for us, though, where? Our inheritance is none other than eternal life and the indescribable life that waits us on the other side of glory. We have songs, we sing about it, right? Streets of gold, no pain, no tears, no crying. It is everything that we could possibly want and imagine and even so much more, right? That is our inheritance, and that's what awaits us. But we need to understand our freedom and what our freedom means for us. Look at Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8.
Galatians 5, 1, we learned last week, said that it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm and do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. What yoke of slavery? What are we slaves to? Sin. A sinful nature, right? That we can only overcome through the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Christ residing within us, being in us, helping us to overcome it. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Let us stand firm and do not let ourselves again be burdened by the yoke of slavery. Go back to Galatians 4, the last verse that we read when we first started. Verse 7. This time I will read verse 7 from the international version, and it says simply this. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has also made you an heir. We are free from the clutches of sin. We have been set free from the law. We are not slaves anymore, but sons and daughters of the Almighty God. The law that we were set free from was the one we discussed last week. One in the Old Testament. The steps, the processes they had to take to make an atonement for their lives, their past lives. But we have been set free from that. Because the sacrifice for us has already been made. The price has been paid once and for all. Now, you'd be like, well, this is Galatians 4. We read about it in Galatians 5. God is repeating himself, right? Well, that's because the people in Galatians they had a problem. They couldn't seem to remember this. They kept forgetting that they were free in Christ. Their relationship with Jesus was being destroyed and undermined it. In fact, when he starts off his letter in Galatians, he even asks them about this. Go back all the way to Galatians chapter 1. in a place in life 
for you having to face the consequences of your actions because you didn't think it through all the way because somebody else was leading you down a road, right? Let's face it. That's how sin got started. Adam and Eve. The devil went to Eve and said, Oh, what's this I hear about the garden? This fruit you can't eat from any tree in the garden. Now, if you remember the story about what God originally told them, how many of you think that's exactly what the scripture said? That Adam and Eve could not eat from any tree that bore fruit in the garden. Is that what the scripture said originally? Is that what God commanded them? No. When God tells them that, he goes, you can eat from any tree except one. But the devil was a slippery serpent. And he changed it and exaggerated and said, you can't eat from any tree, right? Is that what I heard? He was like, no, we can't eat from this one or we'll surely die. And die? You're not going to die. That's a lie. Right? How many of us know rules? And sometimes, though, even if it's not a friend and it's a voice in our head, the devil on our shoulder that can tempt us into going against what we know is right. That's what happened to Eve. That's what happened with Adam. In fact, I was teaching this class a couple of weeks ago to some teenagers, and an interesting fact is when you read through it and you study in Genesis about what's going on right there, you read the language, some may believe Adam may have been right next to Eve at the time. Or close enough that he knew what was going on and he still ate the apple. Should have been like, uh-huh. We need to be able to surround ourselves with friends who are going to say, you know better. Instead of, hey, that sounds like a good idea. If those are your friends, you need new ones. What's that mean? Adage? A spoiled apple ruins the whole bunch, right? Kind of what was happening here in Galatians with the people there. They were easily getting led astray by people who were honestly making stuff up and changing the gospel, changing the very word of God, just like the devil did to tempt Eve. They were forgetting their position of freedom in Christ. And how many times do we forget that? How many times do we go back to being slaves to sin? How many times are we burdened down and caught up and entrapped and imprisoned by our very own sin nature? The things that catch us up every time. If who we truly are are children of God, adopted family members and heirs, then how is it so easy for us to fall backwards, to live a defeated life, to give in so much? We can forget our freedom when we allow other things to come between us and Him. 
We give way to other stuff and forget who we really are. There are things that can steal our freedom and defeat us. Galatians even warns against some of them as well. We were looking at Galatians chapter 4, verse 7 when we started. And we're just going to pop over a couple more verses and look at chapter 9. In fact, I'm going to pick it up at 8. I'm going to read from the message paraphrase again just to break it down for you guys a little bit more clearly. But feel free to follow along in whatever translation you have. Galatians chapter 4. Earlier, before you knew God personally, you were enslaved to so-called gods that had nothing of the divine about them. This is where verse 9 comes in. But now that you know the real God, or rather since God knows you, how can you possibly subject yourselves again to those paper tigers? For that is exactly what you do when you are intimidating and scrupulously observing all the traditions, taboos, and superstitions associated with special days and seasons and years. I'm afraid that all my hard work among you has gone up in a puff of smoke. Paul is getting frustrated with that, right? Now, we read what he said in one, where he's like, what's going on with you guys? Why are you listening to people who are perverting the gospel? In verse 4, he's still talking about it. You guys are being easily distracted. Back then, they had an issue. Some cultures still do. You can teach them about the gospel. And they believe that all roads lead to heaven, no matter what faith you're in. And so they mix it all together until it's very polytheistic. You can have God, and you can have whatever other God they have. You don't have to pick one or the other. You can choose. You can have up to ten of them if you want some of them think. But we know, as children of God, that that is not we have to put one heavenly father. And if we don't know that, if we lose sight of that, that's is when we lose our freedom. Not lose it in the sense that it's gone, but lose it in the sense of we've lost sight of the fact that we are not slaves to sin. That's what the Galatians were struggling with. They had accepted Christ, but false teachers had come into the church. These teachers were saying that Jesus wasn't enough. They were teaching the Galatians how to accept Jesus and to keep the law. These false teachers were trying to lead the Galatians back into the law of the Old Testament, that they had to do both. And so Paul is afraid that they are turning back to the past. They were in danger of letting their past destroy their freedom in Christ from now. You see, Christ is the beginning of a new covenant. And the practices, the law from the Old Testament were part of the Old Covenant. They were about to let the past infiltrate their present, and they had been set free from the past by Christ. But they were willing to go back into bondage. How many of us have struggled with our past? How many of us have things in our past which every now and then can rear their head and keep us in bondage? 
Do not let your past relationships, your past itself, destroy the freedom that comes in your relationship with the Lord. We are all sinners. Regardless of what is in our past, none of us have a perfect past. We are all sinners. We have all struggled with sin. We have all been slaves to sin. Regardless of what sin we struggle with, none of us is better than the other. Some of us may have sinned more than others, but uh, you know what? God loves us. What does the scripture tell us about love in Corinthians? That it keeps no record of wrongs. God doesn't care. Would we accept that freedom? Would we ask him for that freedom? Would we claim that freedom? Guess what? He doesn't give it with conditions. This isn't a coupon that you've got to read the fine print on. It's not an okay, only good for so many times. It doesn't expire. God's not a father who washes his hands of us. When we've been adopted into the family, that is where he wants us to stay. We are the ones who can choose to leave him. But he, like a prodigal father, is always there to welcome us back. So I ask you today, is there something in your past that is preventing you from having the freedom and a relationship with God like he has intended for you? sacrificed freedom for slavery to sin, 
when you make that adjustment, when you cry out to help God to deliver you, we've already talked about it. He's in us. That power is in us. Because he gives us that power. We can overcome it. We don't have to be slaves to our past, to our scars, to our sin. We do not have to be held back. Even with other people, we can either help others celebrate their freedom, being a healing balm into their wounds. But to do that, we must sometimes deal with our own. So, whether you have successfully been able to move beyond your own past, it's still something you struggle with. I ask you to commit to celebrating your freedom. To putting behind the past this bondage of slavery and sin because you have been redeemed. You are not meant to be a captive. You are meant for so much more on this. God has a plan for each and every one of us. We're going to listen to a song, and as it plays, I just invite you to take this time in, your, in prayer. The altar is available if you would like to pray there, just to feel a little closer in communion with God. But as the song plays, we invite you just to take this time.